Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, good morning, rise and shine. You're on with the due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear, that's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, uh, yesterday was a wow Wednesday, and uh, we started off the morning with our girlfriend Vivian and her socially conscious segment, and Vivian told us that the United States citizenship rates are going up, 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 and away. As of April 24th, the course to become a U.S. citizen, yeah, that means your green card, mm-hmm. illegal permanent resident information, yes, yes, yes. It is going up. The rates are going up. And uh, they have definitely, definitely decided to do so. And the migrants are going to have to pay as well. Now, uh, that was a very, very interesting conversation as we talked about the fact that, you know, you've brought these migrants here and they have no money. You've brought them here. They've had no money. You've had to take care of them. You've had to house them. You've had to feed them. You've had to give them medical insurance and and some health care, and yet you're going to be expecting them to pay to be here. Mm, That sounds like a double-edged sword to us. Yes. Well, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Well, we also talked about the Biden administration and the $6 billion clean water Initiative that's coming down the pipeline, and they're going to be removing the lead pipes. Oh my goodness! Homes, schools, and childcare facilities all have old lead pipes that they're going to be looking to replace, and uh, this will come in forms of grants or forgivable loans. 
another loaded area. Mm-hmm. You know, who could uh, uh, expect to have had lead pipes? And now you're looking for people to replace it and have to apply for the funds to do so. Oh, go back and listen to uh, what the ladies had to say about that plan. Mm. Well, yesterday, yesterday we had a really, really good conversation. Yep. Wow. You know, everyone has that in a storm from time to time. And we talked about steps to kind of giving peace. Mm. Yes, you want to still that in a storm. Yes, there are things that you can do. Well, one of the first things that came up, stop and pay attention. You know, there's nowhere in the world that you're going to be able to put an end to that inner storm, you know, unless you stop and look around and pay attention as to what exactly is going on. Because sometimes the storm is raging so heavily that it's not just one thing. And you've got multiple things happening. And now how can you possibly know what to do? How do you know what to move forward until you actually stop and, you know, look around and see exactly what's going on? Yeah, there's no way in the world you're going to be able to do anything else. What else did we talk about? Well, we talked about... Examining your heart for sin. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23, 24. You know, we don't actually have the ability We don't have that ability to search our own heart and come up with everything that's actually off. Everything we need help with. We don't have that capability. That's why we read this verse. Because it's going to take God to really examine that heart so he can really expose to you the flaws that exist yeah that's something you're not going to get on your own because we're going to dismiss certain things we're going to overlook certain things we're going to downplay certain things and uh, that's room for Disaster, Yes, because if we can't really pick up on all the things that are causing us to sin, if we're not picking up on all the things that are sinful, then forward, how are we stealing 
that inner storm going on on the inside. Okay? What else are we talking about here to calm that inner storm? Well, mm-mm-mm. throw every worry and negative emotion on God. Yeah, sometimes we got to take it, throw it, and run. Just run. Because we are our worst enemies. Yes, we're our worst enemy. Because no matter what is going on, you can't run from you. So if parts of you are the problem, and you've got this excess worry and all these negative emotions going on, there's no way in the world you're going to be able to bring peace internally. No. Mm-mm. Yes, you know, there we know that only God can do the total job. But faith without works is dead. There are things that we have to do. And a lot of times we are self-destructive alone because all we do is worry about stuff. All we do is have a bunch of negative emotions, what we can't do, what we can't do, what's not this, what's not that, what will work, what won't work. We've made all of these uh, decisions when we haven't even tried God yet. Yeah, so that's why we got to throw that thing at times. Other times, you know, you'll grow and you'll learn to just lay them at the feet of the Lord. Yeah, so it was a magnificent conversation yesterday. It surely was. So I I encourage you to go back and listen and to just grab every bit of it because you're going to need to. Because if that inner storm is not going on right now, it surely will come. And you're going to need to be armed already. One of the things that you don't want to do is wait until it's time and then, yeah, yeah, it's, it's facing you. It's already in your face and you're scrambling, scrambling around trying to figure out what you're going to do opposed to already having what you need in your arsenal. Man, don't do it. Don't you do it to yourself. All right? All right. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. Yes, the day we discuss our health, our physical health, emotional, uh, mental, spiritual, financial, all kinds of emotional health. All kinds of mental help, all kinds of physical help, all kinds of spiritual help. I mean, this is what we talk about. And here's the best part about it. The Due Time Crew does it in a unique way, yes. We don't only talk about the physical side because, you know, if you read the Bible, you'll see that, you know, this this health comes in many shapes, forms, and fashions. You're going to have to... You know, do what you need to do 
in every single area. Every single area. Okay? All right. So we're about to get started. So uh, go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph. It's on and whatever you do. But don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Mental health and learning disorders don't discriminate. I was about 11 years old when I started realizing there was something a little bit off. 17 million children and adolescents in the United States live with disorders like anxiety, depression, ADHD, and dyslexia. Even the tiniest things, I was, I, I was so, so terrified. It literally feels like you're living in a black hole. Less than half get the help they need to succeed and to thrive. My life has changed tremendously since I've been giving the tools. My child needed help. She got it. Look at her now. When I grow up, I want to be a doctor and help kids find their brave voice, just like the Child Mind Institute did for me. Help the Child Mind Institute change these children's lives. Visit childmind.org. Pastor Steph, and it is Therapeutic Thursday. Did you hear that PSA? Yeah, it's about the, you know, the Child Mind Institute. So they're encouraging you from now, pay attention to your children. You know, I think about years ago when uh, they used to just, you know, beat the kids because they wouldn't sit still and they wouldn't do this and they wouldn't do that and never considered, you know, because mental illness just wasn't out there like that. So thank God for development. We know some things now that we didn't know before that our parents didn't know, grandparents didn't know, great-grandparents didn't know. But now the information is out there, so pay attention, pay attention, Okay. All right, giving God thanks that we're on this side of the week. Yes, we're almost at that finish line. We're almost at that finish line. And thanks be to God that we are. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Thank you for just the blessing of just waking up today and you investing in us one more time, giving us another opportunity not to go to hell. Yeah, that's big. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that show is big. Yes, you have no idea how grateful we need to be because of that. Okay? All right. 
So what are we talking about this morning? Hmm. Well, you know how we always start our Thursday with our health tips. Well, you know, I want to say thank you to all of those who look out for the show and send me articles that you've found and, you know, you want to be a blessing and you send them over to me so that we can get this information out to God's people. So thank you for being so diligent. All right. So we're talking about the first thing, the worst frozen foods they say you should never eat because they're slowing your metabolism. All right. So let's see what's on this list. Well, frozen pizza comes up on this list. They say frozen pizza may have implications for metabolism when consumed excessively. Okay? They say many frozen pizza options are high in refined carbohydrates, saturated fats, and sodium. And uh, when it's consumed on a regular basis, can contribute to a slow metabolism. Okay? Now, here's what they're saying. They're saying that those frozen pizzas can impact the metabolism because of the high content of refined carbs, saturated fats, and the crust can cause blood sugar levels to spike and drop, potentially leading to insulin resistance over time, which leads to excess fat storage. Okay? And that will make it harder to burn calories. All right? Ice cream. Oh, we're talking about the frozen foods that slow your metabolism. Ice cream. They say when you eat ice cream on a regular basis, be reminded that the ice cream is high in added sugars, unhealthy fats, and calories, and definitely can contribute to weight gain, and it definitely affects your blood sugar levels. So if you have diabetes, if you're pre-diabetic, you don't want to consume ice cream on a regular basis. Okay, what else is on this list that they say slows our metabolism? Frozen burritos. Wow. They say frozen burritos are processed and may contain high levels of refined carbs and saturated fats as well. And this also can lead to fluctuations in your blood sugar levels. Hmm, and impacts your metabolic process, okay? Definitely contributing to weight gain. And, hmm, you have to remember that this is wrapped in a white flour tortilla, 
And, you know, they always talk about that white flour for those of us who have diabetes. All right? So you definitely want to stay away from that on a regular basis. Frozen mozzarella sticks. Another no-no and will push that metabolism down. Okay? They say that... uh, They're also another frozen product that's high in unhealthy fats, carbs, and high levels of sodium, okay? So they say these cheesy sticks often contain trans fats used in oils for frying, which can definitely negatively affect your cholesterol levels and heart health. And that will slow down your metabolism. They say the breading made from refined flour contributes to the rapid spikes in blood sugar levels. And uh, if you're a diabetic, pre-diabetic, you do not want that there. All right? So stay away from frozen mozzarella sticks on a regular basis, frozen burritos on a regular basis, ice cream on a regular basis, and frozen pizza on a regular basis because all of these are definite metabolism killers. All righty? All righty. Well, what else are we talking about for our health today? Oh, here's another goodie. They say they are, there are some cancer warning signs. You can notice when you're eating. Mm. Wow. Wow. So they say that there are cancer warning signs that you can look for when you sit down for your meal. Okay? There are more than 200 types of cancer and some have more clear symptoms than others, okay? They say check for a loss of appetite. They say should you find yourself not eating as much as usual or getting full more quickly, you might want to talk to your doctor about that. They say that another warning sign to watch out for is if you have difficulty swallowing, chewing, or feeling like you have something stuck in your throat. Wow. They say if you find yourself developing indigestion or heartburn that's lasting over three weeks, that could be a warning sign for something. Wow. Now, they're saying that dinner time is really an important time of the day to look out for problems because it also recommends that you follow that bloated or swollen stomach. Yes, want to pay pay attention to that. They say that if it happens regularly or lasts a long time, bloating is a symptom of many conditions but it is also seen in some kinds of cancers like ovaries, 
ovarian cancer or cancer in your fallopian tubes? Mm. They say also pay attention for changes in your bowel movements. Loose or runny bowels or hard bowels or needing to go more often or blood in your bowel movements. That is definitely a time when you need to, you know, visit your doctor and mention these things. All right? So, in other words, don't overlook anything. Don't overlook anything. Well, since we're still within our medical minutes, as I uh, like to call it, we have four drinks, they say, that harm your kidneys the most. Wow. All right. Well, let's see what they're talking about. Mm-mm-mm. Well, first of all, they want us to know that our kidneys are indispensable organs, vital for maintaining your body's internal balance. They serve as the body's filtration system, removing waste and excess fluids from the bloodstream while regulating essential functions such as blood pressure, electrolyte levels, and red blood cell production. Okay? So, they're saying that our kidneys are susceptible to damage, especially from the beverages that we consume. And considering that we're always hearing about... um, someone's kidneys malfunctioning or not functioning properly, this here, you definitely want to jot down, all right? So number one, one of the beverages that harm our kidneys, sugary drinks. They say soda, fruit drinks, and energy drinks are high in sugar, and they say it can be detrimental to your kidney health. They say excessive sugar consumption can lead to obesity and type 2 diabetes, which are risks for kidney disease. Mm. They say studies have shown that individuals who consume more than two sugary drinks per day are more likely to develop kidney disease. All right. They say to protect your kidneys, opt for water unsweetened teas, or infused water with fruits or herbs for flavor. All right. Oh, another bad drink for our kidneys, alcohol. So I'm really hoping I'm not talking to a bunch of alcohol drinkers. All right. They say even moderate alcohol consumption may eventually pose a risk to kidney health. I'm sorry. Okay, but for those who excessively drink, it can be very harmful. They say alcohol can disrupt the normal function of the kidneys and lead to dehydration, which can strain your kidneys. Wow. Mm. Chronic alcohol consumption 
can also risk the um, increase the risk of high blood pressure and liver disease. Both of those can contribute to kidney damage. All right. So they're saying, listen, limit the alcohol intake, stop the alcohol, um, and opt for non-alcoholic beverages instead. All right. We're talking about how we are drinking our way into some kidney issues. Caffeinated drinks. Yes. Caffeine is a diuretic, and it increases our urine production and can lead to dehydration if in large quantities. Chronic dehydration can strain the kidneys and increase the risk of kidney stones. And I don't know if you've ever spoken to someone who has, who's had kidney stones. It, they say it is extremely painful. All right? So you want to drink in moderation, coffee, tea, energy drinks. Mm-mm-mm. You want to definitely, you know, slow down on that stuff. They say limit your caffeinated drinks and go for the decaffeinated versions of your drinks. All right? And lastly, high-sodium drinks. All right? They say sports drinks, packaged juices can contribute to high blood pressure and kidney damage. Excessive sodium can disrupt the balance of fluids in your body, putting strain on your kidneys. So to protect your kidneys, choose low-sodium alternatives and limit your intake of high-sodium beverages. They say also avoid adding extra salt to your drinks or meals. All righty. So those are the ways we can keep, you know, our kidneys in good condition. You definitely don't want your kidneys to go bad. Trust me when I tell you. All right? All righty. What are we talking about this morning? It is news time. Uh, I want to see where I even start. Wow. Uh... Here we go. Here we go. Well, let's talk about Tiffany Haddish. Let's talk about Tiffany Haddish. So Tiffany Haddish, have she's made a whole lot of people mad these days because she said she wanted to take a trip to Israel so she could see the war with her own her own eyes. All right. So, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. She's been in the news quite a bit lately. But I thought this was an interesting uh, conversation today. Now she went live on Instagram on Tuesday as she was on her 16-hour flight from L.A. to Israel. And she said that it was an educational trip 
and uh, she wants to see the Israel Hamas war for herself. Hmm. They say that now. I didn't know this. Maybe some of you knew this, but she supposedly discovered her Jewish heritage sometime later in her life and had a bar mitzvah at 40 years old. And she says that going to the Holy Land to meet a future man out there was one of her reasons why she was uh, going and uh, encouraged other people to go. Hmm. Well, she said during her live, she said that she was on her way to Tel Aviv, then Jerusalem. She says then she's going to the Dead Sea and going uh, to have some fun. And then she's going to learn about politics. Now, her uh, fans, as they say, really, they said they really didn't take too kindly to that. One of her fans uh, <laughs> said when, you know, they heard that she was going to see this for her own self with her own eyes, they asked her, was she going to Gaza? And her response was, who said I wasn't going to Gaza? I said, I'm going to see with my own eyes. I got to go to Israel first. And isn't Gaza in Israel? Ain't it all the same continent? Mm, okay. Another follower challenged that she was going for a history lesson. And she says, this is sociology. This is an educational trip for me. I want to go get educated, and I want to see what's really going on. I want to learn how it started, why it started. And they really didn't take too kindly to her going over there. You know, there was a comment, the situation is heart-wrenching, resembling a scene from a horror movie with the tragic killing of thousands of Palestinians Amidst this, she approaches the trip as a leisurely paid vacation, which I find utterly disheartening. Mm. Another comment, the privilege and condescending attitude to fly to Israel and know you're safe because you're going to be around other wealthy Israelis at their vacation homes in suburbs, not in Gaza, where Palestinians are being murdered. So I want to know, are you saying she needs to go to Gaza where the Palestinians are being murdered? I guess that's what they're saying. You know, my thing is, listen, stop telling everybody where you're going. Stop promoting everything that you are doing. Just stop. You know, all of this backlash comes from you sharing what you want. If you decided to take a trip to Israel, then go ahead. Go ahead and take your behind there and do what you do. 
nobody got to know why you're there. All they'll know if you want to tell them you're there or whatever. You're there if you want to go there and come back and not say anything. Go there, come back, and not say anything. You don't owe anybody any explanation. You didn't ask anybody for donations to help you get there. If you feel you want to go to see it with your own eyes, you want to take that chance, then go ahead. It's your business. But this is what happens when you have to promote everything you do. What is that? So stop telling everybody everything you're going to do. All right? All right. Well, I I came across this article early during the week, and I don't know how to feel about this. You know, there's been some real backlash from this here, and I don't know if I'm mad at it because there's a piece of this that I'm looking for that I haven't seen and maybe, you know, going over it now with you all, I'll find it, but... They say the NYPD, that's the New York Police Department, they're facing heavy criticism because they have a dance crew. And this dance crew has performed on local TV stations. And these people are concerned that the officers are more focused on their dance moves than combating crimes. So... They've done some tweeting, and they've said, Mayor Eric Adams cut an additional $100 million from education this year, but he somehow found money for NYPD to promote themselves with a dance team. Someone else wrote, fire the NYPD dance team and hire more cops. Someone else wrote, the NYPD dance team, please tell me this is a joke. So they say this, Nicole Parker, who's a former FBI agent, she's saying that this is not only disturbing but highly concerning. She says law enforcement is a highly stressful job and having some fun and relieving stress is okay, but... Do it on your own time and not on taxpayers' dollars. She says, if that's what you need to do, do that on your own time. And uh, at a time when violent crime is off the roof in New York City, this is not appropriate. This is not keeping the community safe and is very concerning. Now, in 2022, this dance team was started with the intent to serve as a place for officers to unwind after their shifts. And they say that dancers practice two to three times a week, performing at city schools, galas, and other events. They say that the dance team is one of almost 50 different um, outlets and sports uh, units that are being offered, and boxing, paintball, hockey, rugby, and baseball are some others. But this particular dance team is really coming under fire because they're concerned about the safety 
and the fact that crime is continuing while they are dancing. She says, this, F, this former FBI individual says, I back the blue, but I can't support this. I guarantee criminals are laughing. Do you think criminals are going to have any respect for you? How do you expect to gain the respect of your colleagues and your community when you're doing this? Now, they're stating, you know, they're talking about the transit crime. They're talking about an increasing grand larceny. They're talking about the the migrant crimes that are increasing. They're saying that major crime is increasing since the beginning of the year. Now, in all that I'm reading, in all that I'm reading, I am not seeing that these people are dancing, that these dance troops are performing during their tour. That That's the only thing that I'm not seeing here. I mean, and this is loaded. They've got quite a bit of information in here, stats, and they say it's about 23 um, officers who died in the line of duty um, for 9-11, and, you know, what would they say? And I still haven't seen that these people are actually dancing or performing during their tour. So, and see, here's the thing. Without that being mentioned, when you've mentioned everything else, this is why I don't believe that they're dancing during their tour. Because that, to me, would be the first thing that they would be talking about. So leave them alone. Leave them alone. They say they have put 50 different NYPD sports units together. So if this is one of them, where the people, they say they go out to some schools and, you know, different um, venues to dance, I guess, and to entertain, leave these people alone. Now, now here's the other thing that I, that I don't see here. I don't see that you're saying anybody on this dance team is up for questioning in their actual police duties or they failed as police officers or, you know, anything negative about these particular officers. So go sit down somewhere. Leave these people alone. You know, you need some level of outlet. And unless to me as a citizen of the United, uh, of the New York um, City you know, residents, uh, you know, I, I can't see bothering these people. I can't see scrutinizing them. I can't see, you know, complaining. This is a tough job that they have. And you know what? If they've got something that they can do on their off time that helps them to kind of calm the waters, here we go with... You know, how do you still the inner storm? Well, we talked about this yesterday. Well, how do we know that this is not doing that? You know, when they get off their tour, you know, now you're exercising and dancing and, you know, leave these people alone. 
just go sit down and leave these. I only see women, so leave these women alone. They, they've taken some pictures, and I've only seen women, you know, here. So this this is just dumb. This is just really, really dumb. Mm. All right, well, here's something that I have pulled my pom-poms out from yesterday, last night when I pulled up this um, article, and I'm sure that most of you will too. They say that Michigan has pushed and implemented their new gun storage law, and somebody's going to eat it. Yes, 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 yes. We have been talking about since last year, year before, how these children have been getting a hold of these guns. And remember the last article we did? Nobody, the child shot himself, the two-year-old, and nobody was held accountable because there were no, they kept the, they kept the, 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 uh, what do you call it, the firearm, you know, supposedly in a good space. And because they did it like that, there were no, Repercussions, well, they say a Michigan man was charged on Tuesday under the state's new law requiring safe storage of guns after his two-year-old daughter shot herself in the head with his revolver. And guess when this happened? The day after the law took effect. So this 44-year-old man from Flint is going to eat this one. And they say he faces charges including first-degree child abuse, a felony violation of Michigan's gun storage law, being a felon in possession of a firearm and ammunition, and lying to a police officer in a violent investigation. They say they learned about the shooting after he took the daughter to a hospital. And they found two guns in his bedroom. And it was a revolver and a semi-automatic pistol. Both were unsecured and loaded. And uh, they say police said they found no gun locks or safes in the bedroom. Now, remember, the last couple claimed that they had the gun up, secure. Now, that doesn't quite explain how the baby got to the gun. But remember, nobody's uh, calling these people to task. So, unfortunately, they were able to walk away. But this particular man here, oh, no, he's not getting away with it. He's not getting away with it. And ironically, it happened two days after. Oh, no, no, no. The day after. The day after the law went into effect. So I am definitely with my pom-poms up and out because now, at least in Michigan, they're going to start eating this stuff here. So... I say yippee yippee kaye. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I am definitely happy about 
this. Well, I got a really, really sad story here. My heart just really fell um, last night when I came across this article. And you know how the children like to go to the beach and they bury one another in the sand? Well, there was a seven-year-old little girl and her brother. They were on vacation in, I think, let me make sure I have this, somewhere in Florida. And they were there, I guess, this week for the holiday week. And all went out. And they say that 911 got a frantic call after a little girl was buried in a hole. And what ended up happening was, well, not what ended up happening. What happened was she and her brother were digging the hole. And suddenly the sand opened up. And the both of them were instantaneously buried in the sand. Now, the brother was buried from the way up to the waist. But the little girl went all the way under. So the brother who's nine years old, they say when the sand caved in on them, he was able to be removed because it only was at waist high, but she was underneath, and it took them quite a bit of time to get her from out of the sand. It completely covered her. You can see pictures of where they had been digging, and they say the five to six feet, six-foot deep hole completely buried her, and by the time they dug her out and got her to the hospital, she was pronounced dead. And my whole heart just sank. You know, very innocently, you know, they were playing. And this was in Fort Lauderdale. And they said that the people were, you know, everyone from around in their immediate vicinity was digging and digging. They were digging and they were digging. They got to the police. The police got there. They were waiting for fire to get there. I guess they, you know, they could help, but it was just too late. And they rushed the both of them to the hospital, and only the nine-year-old um, little boy survived. And I, I, my whole heart, I just, you know, these children are innocent. You know, and you go away, take your kids away for, for vacation. They were from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and they went to Lauderdale by the Sea in Fort Lauderdale, and this is what happened. So, you know, prayers for the family, you know, because I know that they are heartbroken right now, heartbroken, heartbroken right now. And you know what a what an event to remember as an, uh, a nine year old. You know he's gonna forever remember that. You know and uh, 
really praying for his, you know, for his uh, peace. Because that, that's really going to be a whopper on him. Mm. So, there is another couple of stories. Y'all are hanging out with me this morning. As our due time crew hasn't seemed to arrive yet. So I will end up with just uh, Shantice and myself. And, you know, she she and I can hang out because we got some stuff that we could talk about. But I wanted, there's one story that I was really trying to hold off um, talking about because I wanted to see what the due time crew would say about this stuff here. And uh, let me see what else I got before we get there. So check this out. This is another story that I've been that I caught the early part of the week. So you've got this guy who's an Amazon driver, and he's delivering his packages, and. He said that there was a drunk, stumbling migrant. Now, I don't know how he knew this was a migrant, but maybe found out later it was a migrant. And he said that he was trying to get his packages. And he said he then was the man... Oh, my goodness, says, he says, I was unloading my stuff, and a guy had his penis out, and he uh, he approached him, and he said, he went into my van where all my mail and everything was, and I pushed him away, and the guy hit him, and he said he saw a piece of or ice and threw it at the man he said then he spotted the cops the Amazon driver who was in the Bronx at the time he spotted the cops and you know ran to the cops and told them about what was going on he said and the guy (laughs) told the cops that the Amazon driver punched him in the face and Amazon driver said, listen, there are cameras all over the place. All you got to do is check the cameras. You'll see exactly what happened. And they ended up arresting the Amazon driver. <laughs> they, they then, he then found out, they then found out that this guy lived in a shelter just like blocks away. And he was charged with petty larceny and public lewdness. But the Amazon driver had to get the, the, the bigger brunt of this here just for protecting himself and the packages. And this, I'm telling you, some, all of this stuff here is really making people really eyes these uh, migrants. And he just really is complaining. You know, he says, uh, 
you know, he didn't want to lose his job by allowing those, um, you know, packages to be stolen. And he ended up going to jail. Now, the other guy, the migrant, was released without bail. And uh, this one here has to go back and forth to court now. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Well, here's one of my biggest stories for the morning. And maybe you have heard of this because when I hadn't heard of it, but when I did get whiff of it and went on to do some digging, this was all over the place. Well, you had this Memphis mom who was arrested. (sighs) Didn't I just say stop telling everything? She was arrested after she posted on Instagram how she runs a Brazilian wax business. And her post with pictures said the following. When I say I'm passing down deeds and LLCs, to my creations, I mean that. Miss Chloe did her thing today. She literally helped me wax 24 clients, client, starting from 7.25 to 5 p.m. She made a total of $744, and I'm going to put the money towards whatever her future dreams and aspirations are. Well, she's going to be using that for bail money because... People started calling in on her, and they arrested her, stupid behind. Now, they said that, of course, this is illegal. Illegal. Oh, my gosh. So, now, Ms. Jasmine Moss... 30 years old, is uh, being charged with child neglect and abuse. The 30-year-old is currently being held in a Memphis jail without bond. Now, I'm trying to figure out. She said from 7.25 in the morning to 5 p.m., this Seven-year-old. Oh, no. Five-year-old. Oh, I got that wrong. Five-year-old helped me wax 24 clients. Now, I'm trying to figure out. I go for a Brazilian wax. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Brazilian wax is, that's your private area. Yeah, that's like for women who want to wear bathing suits, bikinis, and, you know, they don't want all the hairs that grow showing and exposed. And some Brazilian waxes go as far as to completely get rid of any vaginal hairs, not just the hairs that come from, that show from outside of a bikini, but all of it. That 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 That's the extreme that some Brazilian waxes go, okay? Well, you got your five-year-old, as Mariah would say, child. 
<laughs> and you are a dummy. Then I say, stop telling everything. So I, I saw a news clip. First of all, it's being done in a home. This is not even in like a little storefront or something like that. It's being done in a home. Now, I don't know if she only had 24 clients or 24 out of the 48. I don't know how many, but I can't imagine. And here's why I said some of the, the, the Brazilian waxes go as far as to completely get rid of all of the vaginal hair is who's opening up that next to a five-year-old and laying back on, go ahead, girl, do your thing. Because that's exactly the way she put it. She said Miss Chloe did her thing today. Oh, my gosh. You know what? The people who read or called in to the cops also suggested something that I agree with 100%. They said that they should also arrest all of the clients who allowed the little girl to do the to do the waxes. Yes, they're guilty as well. Five years old. I look at a five-year-old. I see the height of a five-year-old. Well, what kind of table they laying on that a five-year-old could reach you? You got her up on a chair like she's cooking a meal or washing a dish. You know what? I can't. This this here. This is too much for me. This is just too much. For me, I got a couple of my due time crew members on. I'm going with them right now just to see what they have to say about this crazy news. <sighs> Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. I am well. We're talking about this Flint man. You know, he's from Flint, Michigan, and he's going to be the first one, or he is the first one who's being charged for the, uh, how did, well, I just want to make sure I get there, his, uh, his charges. He's being charged with child, first degree child abuse, a felony violation of Michigan's gun storage law, being a felon in possession of a firearm and ammunition and lying to a police officer in a violent crime investigation. Now, you know, we've been talking heavily about these people who have been uh, leaving these guns out, and the children mm-hmm. have been getting to the guns, and nobody's being held accountable. Well, what do you say for the first man? The day after the law goes into effect, he has this incident. You just had to keep being careless until you became the poster child. While it's unfortunate that you're the face of this, someone has to be the first one. And you, I mean, everyone's been hearing. You know, this has become an epidemic. (laughs) This was not only isolated to one city or, you know, one town or anything. This is all over. We've been hearing about these children somehow getting a hold, like you said, having stuff to these firearms and harming themselves and or other people. So now you're you're the example. 
So now how do you feel about being, it's like you're an activist, but involuntarily. <laughs> it's not funny. It's just how, like, why do we continue to be careless? Like, this can't. So I, I've been hearing these stories, or I've heard it a few times, but I, I'll be the one that that's a little, that, that's a lot more safe. You know, I'm a lot more cautious. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Before we go to our bigger story, let's talk to our girl Vivian. Let's say good morning, Vivian. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thanks. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good, good. Thank you for joining us today. Well, what do you think about this? Uh, man being charged under the new Michigan gun storage law. Was he on our side of the fence? Nope. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's unfortunate, but I'm happy that they are, um, that they are pointing it out. Like, listen, we put this thing in law, and we already got somebody who's going to be held accountable for breaking this law, because hopefully it will push other people to see that they're not playing around and they will, you know, take the proper um, steps to make sure if they do own a gun that they are, you know, storing it properly, if they got kids in the house and things like that. So it's good. I'm happy that they pointed it out just like that too. The, the day after we pass this law, we already have a casualty. We're not playing around with this thing, you know. Secure these guns and keep your kids safe or or else. Or else, yes, I agree with both you ladies. I am so happy. You know, unfortunately, you know, the, there's a two-year-old, you know, who who shot herself. But I'm so glad that they snagged this person. I, I wouldn't care how old you were. I wouldn't care what your background was. It This has just been going buck wild. And I, I really hope that more states begin to you know, put this law into place to protect our children, Mm -hmm. to protect Mm -hmm. our children. All right, ladies. Brazilian wax, five-year-old style. Oh, goodness gracious. You know, Shanti, I'll let you start this here. I haven't even gotten the guts to go and allow an adult. I've been, someone's been trying to convince me to go to their lady who she's so good. I, was like, I bet she is. I'm not going. I'm all right. Whatever the razor cannot do, I will not be done. And I cannot imagine. I agree with what they said. I cannot imagine finally saying, all right, whatever, shut up. Let me go and try this one time. And a toddler pretty much comes and says, okay, you ready? Excuse me? You're not even, you shouldn't even be allowed to be next to anything that hot. Do y'all know how hot that wax is? And then not only that, I can guarantee that your mother did not teach you probably not to double dip all that. See, uh-uh. No, 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 no. That that was just so concerning on so many different levels. Absolutely not. I agree. Everybody should have gotten locked up. Here you got 
this little person doing this. You don't know what you just opened them up to mentally. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't even understand how this was a real like, oh, I know what I could do. Let me start her on the road of entrepreneurship and get her in here with these clients. And then I agree too, like were you laying on the couch? Like where were you? No. No, absolutely not. Everybody need to get arrested. Vivian, what I mean, what comes to your mind when you hear this type of goings on? This sounds like one of those moments where school was closed for whatever the reason. You couldn't find nobody to watch your child, so you brought them to work with you. And she just kept asking the help, and this is how you decided to let her help. Imagine putting this up thinking you're going to get some type of kudos and, you know, praises, and you got the cops knocking on your door because of this Facebook post. That That is just stupid. People just really have to understand that everything don't need to be recorded. Everything don't need to be posted. It shouldn't have happened in the first place, of course. But had you not posted it, now you wouldn't be behind bars and your child living with somebody else. Hopefully she, she's with family and not with no strangers and in the system now. But it's just like, why do we have to put everything on social media? That was dumb. You really thought that people were going to praise that? Having a five-year-old waxing people? That was so dumb. You know, I have to say, you know, and I agree because I said it about Tiffany Haddish. You know, stop telling everything on social media. But you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad mm-hmm. that the dum-dums that have been posting because they think that this is going to get some type of thumbs up, you know, have decided because now my question is, what else do you have you had her doing at five? Mm-hmm. You know, that we don't even know about. And if you talk to the little girl, God only knows what she's going to tell you. Because she's got to, I, 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 they can't even talk good at five, some of these kids. And now you've got her, she didn't make over $700, and you're going to allow, put it away for whatever she wants to spend it on? Oh, my goodness. I'm saying to myself, well, what in the world? Mm-mm-mm. Well, we got a, a a comment from a listener. She's going to lose her license. That has to be a violation as well. Well, I thought the same thing till I saw she was working out of house. <laughs> of course. Right. Well, what, you know, what looks like her house. And they definitely showed it. Oh, they definitely showed it. They, the address that we have, um, this business under... Yeah, it looks like out of her house. And, you know, if she does have a license, oh, you better believe they're snatching that. They're snatching it. Not only that, 7.25 a.m. to 5. That's how many work hours? You're not supposed to have no child working for you at that time, for that kind of time. What kind of mess is that? Mhm. I was thinking that too. I was like, "Well, did she get breaks in the lunch?" 
Right. I said, well, what kind of work hours were these for child labor law? So first of all, she's underage. Then even if she was of age, you still might be violating some laws. So, you know, I don't know the particular law, you know, in that, you know, in that area. But, you know, normally the the law is, you know, they can't work a certain amount of hours even when they're on school break. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Uh, somebody else said, liable to be sued if something goes wrong, too. No, I wish you would sue. I wish you would try to sue. Right. I wish I were the judge right. sitting up at that bitch when I got that piece of paper because, you know what, I'm putting you in jail. I'm putting you in jail. You allowed a five-year-old to give you a Brazilian wax, and you mad because something went wrong? Oh, no. I wish you would. I wish you would try to sue. What about you ladies? Vivian, what do you think? She's somebody trying to sue. You the judge. What say you? I agree. It would be the same thing that happened to the mama. You put that post up thinking you was going to get praised. You came in this courtroom thinking you was going to get a dollar and you wound up in jail. <laughs> Go ahead. Go yes, ahead. I agree. Yes, ma'am. Shantice, what say you? You the judge. As the judge, I'm countersuing for having me come up in here and listen to how you want to sue. Because you willingly <laughs> opened your legs to let a five-year-old double dip the sticks in this hot wax and give you this thing. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, do you... I, I actually wanted, I asked one of my girlfriends, because I actually wanted to see the process. I still wasn't with it, but I wanted to see that. I ended up not going downstairs with her. But they get so, when it's done properly, they get so detailed so they even go near your anal and all that. How, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, of course, you would you would want to sue because you were already slow to allow this to happen, but because the necessary precautions weren't taken you know, weren't in effect. Now you didn't caught something. That's your fault. No, no one was careful. So I, I would have to sue for wasting my time as a judge. So that that would be <laughs> Oh goodness gracious! I tell you, you know, you you just can't, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this mm-hmm. stuff up. Thank you, ladies, for indulging me um, on my uh, news. Well, we've got, wait a minute, Pastor KL has joined us as we are walking into our topic for this morning. So they have these 11 phrases they say we should absolutely avoid saying to our children. So I I thought this was so appropriate because I I found this and we were talking about the five-year-old. So one of the things I'd like to start off by saying, one of the phrases that we should absolutely avoid saying to our children is, I'm running a Brazilian wax business. Come help me for the day. (laughs) That's number one on our list this morning. Please don't say that to your child. Absolutely. It says we should absolutely avoid saying to our children. So let me, in case you didn't get that one, I'll say it again. Please do avoid. I have a Brazilian wax business. 
I'm short of help today. Please come on and lend a hand. Mm-mm-mm. Well, could you, do you mind, will you please, and can you? Those phrases they say we should absolutely avoid saying to our children, and I'm going to repeat, could you, do you mind, will you please, and can you? Let's say good morning to our Pastor K.L. and see what he has to say. Good morning, Pastor K.L. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. How are you doing over there? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. Well, we're talking about phrases that they say we should absolutely avoid saying to our children. Could you, do you mind, will you please, and can you, why or why not say that to our children? First of all, I'm not giving you an option. Mm. When, when, when you start off phrases like that, you give them an option and a uh, 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 area to rebut rebuttal and say, you know, I really don't want to do that, Mom, Dad. No, I'm not going to do that, and I don't have time. No, these are, these are not questions for you. You're going to do it. This is what needs to be done. Or move out. <laughs> so if you five, move out. <laughs> All right, and now, Vivian, could you, do your mind, will you please, can you avoid saying those phrases to your child? Agree or disagree? I disagree. I disagree. At first I was like, yeah, it's fine if you're being sarcastic. Like, would you shut up? Could you please get out the way? But at the same time, she said they come millennials. But at the same time, I mean, if it's not something that, that is optional, I mean, if it's not something that's optional, then don't, you know, start off that way. But if it is optional, then I don't see anything wrong with it. Everything that you're telling a child or giving a child to do is mandatory. And you should allow your kids to have a choice. In some matters, of course, not not all, oh, but my. in some oh, matters, my. they do have a choice. Oh, my. Give us an example. Give us, shut up, Pastor Kale. Give us an example. <laughs> um, as a parent or just in general? I'm sorry? Like an example as though I was a parent or just in general? No, you said that there were times when you more you and should you should give them uh you know they should have an option. So give us an example of the time when they should have an option. Um, let's see. They can have an option on maybe what they want to wear, maybe something like that, like something that's not so detrimental. Okay, so could you, do you mind, will you please, or can you, are you saying that that falls into that? I'm just trying to get some clarity here. That should, that that falls in that particular, you know, can you, could you please put on this green, these green pair of pants today? Do you mind putting on this red shirt? Will you please wear these yellow socks? Can you please wear this dress? Uh, is that what we're talking about? Is that what you're talking about? Saying? Or could you please go pick out what you want to wear today? Do you mind, you know, X, Y, and Z? Like certain things that are not where they can have an option, where they can have a voice, I don't see, a, you know, any problem with 
giving them options. But if you're telling them something to do that they don't have an option for, then you don't want to, you know, start off asking them in that manner. Okay. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Shanti's. Could you, do you mind, will you please, can you, they say, avoid using these phrases when you're talking to your child. Do you agree or disagree? I don't agree it's a cookie cutter. I feel like when you're, when you're speaking even to a young child, I have a nine-year-old niece, I say often, hey, you know, may you do this for me. Can you please pass me this? You know, stuff like that. Now, again, if you're talking about, like Vivian said, that there's no negotiation, you still say, you know, the tone of your voice is still respectful, but you don't use those terms because it's not optional. But for the most part, when you're just, you know, casually speaking or you're asking your child to do or help you with something, you know, you ask that to show that respect because, yes, you're the adult, you're the parent, the guardian, and one watching over them, but you're not a dictator in that, you know, in that sense. And you tend to get a little more respect when you explain respect to them when you display it. So, you know, even if I say, oh, um, you know, Mariah, can you please, or may, may you please pass me that glass or that, that cup, you know, or something. And if she was to come and say no, then I'm going to have to deal with you accordingly. But that doesn't mean that I don't respectfully ask you. I'm not going to say, yo, Mariah, pass me that cup. Because now that's what she's going to start doing. Even if it's not with me, but with other people, even her peers. Hey, yo, Susie, pass me that cup. You have to display that that respect. But when it's you know things where okay, definitively, okay, get uh, it's time to get up from for school. Not may you please get up for school. We only have five minutes to go. Okay, no, it's time to get up. So it's not a cookie cutter, but you just have to have that discernment as to when you should use those phrases with them. Okay, so for the record, for the record, the 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 explanation given in the article they are talking about when you want your child to do something you know and okay. and putting yourself in danger of getting that no <laughs> when you do make it an option so they're not talking about in 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 manner using manners as Shantice was describing you know can you please go get me some water or can you please you know, put the water in the refrigerator. You know, they're strictly talking about when you want them to do something, do not use those phrases because, again, as Pastor KL said, it now sounds optional. So if they do tell you no, then how you get mad? Because you just asked, could they? Uh, so for the record, they made the distinction between manners and, you know, a, a general request. So, can I say something on that? And, and yes. you know, to, to your point, to your point with, with, with what Shantice was saying, that was more so as, you know, manners. We want them to have manners. You know, we want them to go to school and have manners and act like they've been raised correctly. But, you know, when, when you start off that way with options, then when you grow up, you realize that the options is not as flourished as you made them. I mean, to, to this day, and I'm old, but I've never seen a cutoff notice coming from, from the power bill saying, hey, we're about to cut you off. May you pay your bill? No. <laughs> do, you, do you mind if you put a couple of dollars on, on this bill? There's, there's no option. You know, it's like, we're about to cut you off. 
So what do you do from there? You go pay the bill. They're not asking you to pay the bill. They're not asking you to pay your car note. They're not asking you to pay your water bill. They're saying, hey, look, there's a bill here. We need it paid. Okay, okay. All right, thank you for that. All right, they say a phrase you should avoid saying to your children, I'm not going to help you. Vivian. Um, I've said it. <laughs> I've said it in my classroom. Um, if you put this, if you put yourself in a situation, like I have this one kid who doesn't know how to put his shoes on yet, but then he has tantrums every five seconds and takes off his shoes, and I'll let him know, like I'm not helping you put your shoes on. You have to learn to either stop doing this or learn to put them on yourself. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Okay, okay, Shantice. Yeah. Uh, I'm not helping you. That's where my mind went. I'm I'm not. (laughs) If it gets to the point where I have to say that to you, it's because I've already instructed you on how to do it, and you chose to do it your way, and then you found out that your way didn't work. Oh, well, you're by yourself. I'm not helping you. All righty, all righty. Uh, Pastor K.L., I'm not going to help you. Yeah, I, I think that's um, that's a little difficult. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Shantice. If I've already taught you how to do this and you just want to be babyfied, then no, I'm not going to help you. But, you know, we have some children, whether, whether we want to admit it or not, some of our children ride the yellow bus, and they need a little <laughs> bit more help than, than others. You know, but, but we won't admit it because they're our children. And now you're telling this yellow bus passenger I'm not helping you. They're already frustrated because they're on the yellow bus. But now we don't want to help them. All righty, all righty. Uh, they say we should avoid saying good job. Vivian. I disagree. I disagree. If they've done something that's worthy of praise, then I think that we should praise them. You know, letting them know that they're doing something right because then when they're when they're not doing it right, we don't have no issues pointing that out. So when they do, actually do do a good job, I don't see anything wrong with saying good job. All righty, Pastor KL. Um, I disagree. Um, I think we all say good job. You know, it builds confidence. You know, um, it, it builds motivation to want. To continue, you know, it, it's so funny that that animals, dogs, you know, they want to oh. please. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did, I, did exactly I do something wrong? No, but that's huh? exactly what I was going to say to him. Sorry. <laughs> well, goodness yeah, 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 gracious, you, know, you want to contain they, yourself they, over there? I got scared. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, you know, animals want to please their, their, their owner or their master or whatever, however you want to call it. Um, and children also, they want to please you. They, they, they look for that recognition. They, they look for you to smile. You know, they, they, a lot of times they do well in school because they want to hear that a boy, that a girl, this and that. We, we get enough time to know that's wrong, you're bad. You know, we, we have to be able to, to balance both sides. I should reward you for doing good just as I beat you for doing bad. 
Okay, okay. So, Shantis, I'm sure by now you found something else to say. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to add? Pastor Kale stole my thoughts. That's the person that came to mind. So real Right. That, and that's all I saw. Good boy, good boy, here's a treat. Good girl. Come on, come on, Daddy, come on. But we wouldn't take the time to say that to our children again. You have to you're not a dictator. You have to display disrespect to your child. It's not only so how you know, you do to them so you can now try to dictate how they respond to you. They still have to deal with, if you're a decent parent who follows the, the rules of the land, you send your child to school, which means other people engage with your children more than you do throughout the 10 months. Whatever you do with them, the little time you have with them during those 10 months, during the school year, dictates now how they deal with the other people. So now you don't show acknowledgement for what they do that's great or their improvements. This, that's exactly how they deal with their peers and other adults. I don't even see how that right. was up. Well, here's, here was their point. They were saying good job is too broad. They said that you should be specific about what you're commending them for. So it should be good job throwing that away or good job putting those building blocks up. Eh? All righty, so they're saying be more specific. Don't just globally say good job. Here's something that I want. Um, calm down. Avoid saying this to your children. Vivian, this is our last round with you. Calm down. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. Um, I don't think they understand what that means. So if you're just saying, and then most of the time if you're saying that you're saying it out of frustration, um, uh, it, it doesn't come across as anything helpful in that moment. So I think you have to you have to go a little bit further, teach them what that means, teach them what that looks like, and what you're what you're expecting to come from 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 that phrase, I guess. But just telling them to calm down that doesn't help anybody. All right, all right. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Shantis, they say we should avoid saying calm down to the children. <laughs> Agree or disagree? They was in a mile. I don't see what's wrong with it. If when your child starts acting up, now here's the thing. Again, this isn't a cookie cutter thing. If you say calm down to your child and you normally discipline them, that you get one reaction from your child. When you don't normally discipline your child and you tell your child to calm down, just be prepared to fight because calm down in the street is a challenge. And now <laughs> I deal with you like I would deal with another person in the street, mom or dad, because I don't hear this from you. You don't normally discipline me. So now when I hear the, that street term, I immediately go street. So unless 
you do this on a normal basis, not just say that phrase, but just discipline in general, then yes, stay away from that because you're not going to be ready for the backlash, whether it's a verbal or physical backlash from your child. I've, I've witnessed it. I've heard it. It's never worked any other way. Okay, okay. Pastor KL, they say avoid saying calm down to your child. Agree or disagree? Well, I I, I disagree. Okay, so my parents, uh, and and I will put in Ernie with this, you know, they would say calm down in a brighter way. You know, they would use a few other choice words of adding to calm down. And we knew to calm down. There, I mean, there, there was no other other situation. And telling your child to calm down in the street because now you're embarrassed, then, yeah, it can, it can go left. But, but if you heard some of the sentences that I and Pastor Steph had heard in the house, we didn't have to calm down outside. Uh, we didn't okay. have to calm down outside. We was okay. Absolutely. Oh, all right. They say that we should not say to our child, why didn't you tell me sooner? We ain't got to figure out who wrote this list. Oh, Pastor KL, why didn't you tell me sooner should be on the word fast for your children. No, 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 because how many times? Oh, I'm going on a trip today. Oh, I need this today. The teacher said, we need this. Well, you tell me this today? Today you tell me that you need it today? And then a lot of times when you tell me today, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. What, where do you think I'm going to get this stuff? Or I need money for pictures. Today you won't be in that photo shoot. something today for something for next year because she just felt too pressured. Okay, so, so what's this today? Today's February 22nd. God forbid I went and I said, Mom, can I go to so-and-so's party in September? Why are you asking me now? No, 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 no. I, I, need to, I, I just feel too pressured. What? So anything... Anything, because I have that. I do remember those those couple of times, Pastor K.O., when it was a class trip and I forgot, or I said some, and, and because I told my mother too far ahead in advance, I, so I had to take the school lunch on the trip. So either way, I was just messed up. Okay, so if you're on this, if if you're on this side of the fence. You got to really have discernment from young and go to the Lord and ask the Lord, when should I tell my mama 
<laughs> about this because according to her and or dad, it, it's just it's too soon or or it, it's it's too far ahead. It, it, no, you you have to have, have a guy because it, it, on this side of the fence, that is an immediate. You get yelled at all the way to school, and then hope you don't have to hear about it when they pick you up. Oh goodness gracious. Okay, so for the record, let, let me just set this record straight. <laughs> Here's what would happen. They would come and ask, can I go to so-and-so's house or can I go to a party on Saturday, whatever. Saturday night is a party. Can I go to the – and you be quiet, Shanti. You had your, your say already. Can I go to the party on Saturday? <laughs> and I would say yes. So – after a couple of days go by, I remember, wait a minute, was she on punishment? So first of all, I'm already mad because you asked me because you go, wow, you were on punishment. And because you asked me when I was in the middle of doing something and I didn't have a chance to quite remember that you were on punishment, I said yes. And I now felt like I had to honor my word because I told you yes. So I said, all right, go ahead. You can go this time, but we gonna, I'm, I'm going to show you how we're going to play this game. Now, I, I, I don't give you an answer. Until I have a chance to think about all the stuff you've done, if you're in the punishment zone, then you get an answer. But, no, nah, you're not playing me because now you didn't caught me off guard and I didn't told you yet, and, and now i got to keep my yes because, you know, no. So th- this is where that came from. With, ah, you, you're asking too soon. You to my next month? No, that's too soon, too soon, too soon. Yeah, no, 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 I'm sorry. So, you know, no, no, we're not playing that game. So why didn't you tell me sooner? Here's where they were going, and I knew when I read that where they were going. They want you to focus on the fact that your child confessed to something or admitted to something. So, in other words, if you're going to tell me now that you got locked up last week but your friend bailed you out, you know, or friend's mama bailed you out, and I say, why didn't you tell me sooner, they're believing that saying that would now kill the possibility of your child telling you something. Well, I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. So that, that that's a and, and as soon as my head went there, I scrolled down and sure enough, that was the point they were trying to make. But you two actually took it from another angle, which was very interesting. And uh, you know, I want to come back to this list because they have some other stuff here. So I'm definitely coming back to this list. We're going to go but, but to our next thing. Yes. In, in 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 the black world, and I'm just going to say it like that. <laughs> if, 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 if if Pookie bailed me out, my mama don't need to know. Exactly. <laughs> she That's don't need to know Pookie. I was in But for what? What I'm going to tell you? What I'm going to explain to you, my experience? <laughs> you don't even know that I, I, I'm out and I'm home. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You're speaking from the child's aspect. I know right now you ain't speaking from the parent aspect. Your 15-year-old ain't going to be bailed out by Pookie Mama, and you're going to be all right with that. So, you I know, will. we understand. save me a couple of dollars. 
You know what? Mm-hmm. If we listen to all the other stuff you say, we know that's a lie. Oh, my, 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 my. We coming back to this list. I, I, I definitely want to readdress this. And uh, I don't know when I'll do it, but I, I'm, I'm definitely coming back, at least by next week, God spares. So thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Ah. Well, it's the top of the hour on a Thursday morning, and uh, it's time for Pray for Them. So what you got for Shanties? Good morning again. Okay, this week for our Pray for Them, we are praying for the family of, I believe her name pronounced is Heidi Broadbent. Heidi Broadbent, she is the young Oh, goodness, young African-American girl. I'm pretty sure a lot of you remember back in, like, the early mid, mid-90s, the young black girl who started speaking publicly about being born with the AIDS virus. Um, she was on Oprah Winfrey, really, 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 really pretty girl. She was on Oprah Winfrey. She spoke on Nickelodeon. Um, alongside with Magic Johnson um, when they were, well, she wasn't just diagnosed. He wasn't just diagnosed, but they had them together on a special so they can both publicly speak on their diagnosis. Um, well, she just passed away this past Tuesday, 39 years old, in her sleep. She was um, born in 1984, and she wasn't diagnosed with the virus until she was three but, again, if you remember, I remember seeing her on an award show back then. Back when award shows were, like, popping really, really good. Um, she was on an award show. I don't remember if she presented an award, but she was on there. But, nonetheless, her story, really quickly, she was abandoned at a hospital in Las Vegas at birth by her mom, who was a drug addict. And her mom is the one who passed the disease on to her. That's how she was born with it. And she was adopted by the Broadbents. Um, goodness gracious. She was encouraged by her, her mother. I want to say her foster mother because they've been with her from the very beginning. And if you remember, one of the things I remember about her story even from back then because she said it a lot was the doctors told her she wouldn't make it past the age of five. And when she spoke on TV, she was 10. That that time I saw her. So, you know, the doctor said I wouldn't make it past age five, that I'm age 10. And, you know, of course, the crowd just went crazy. And hearing it back then, you know, it's like, oh, the doctor said, you know, one thing, but now you're living another. But now as an adult myself and being in God, you really, you know, hear the impact within that. She, her mother was a, um, her adoptive mother was a social worker, and she would take Heidi along with her to speaking engagements. And after a while, she started to encourage Heidi to share her story and speak. So at the age of six, she started speaking and became the activist for bringing awareness to the HIV and AIDS virus. She was included in the most influential 150 African Americans, both in 2008 and 2011, because of all of the work that she was doing for this awareness. And really quick, I just wanted to read some um, quotes from her. I thought it was, like, really, really powerful. Her first quote said, I have dedicated – no, let me read the other one first. 
She's a I am here, a force to be reckoned with. These last few years have been extremely difficult, struggles with depression, which reached scary point. A depression so dark, I was not sure how I would see the beauty in life again. I was unsure of how I'd pull myself back up. I now have a new outlook. I'm able to now see the blessings and lessons from my valley. So that was one quote that is going around now. The next quote is, I have dedicated my whole life to this fight. I don't hate my life. I feel like I'm really blessed. But at the same time, my life doesn't have to be their life. And she's speaking on behalf of everyone she's been speaking to throughout the, throughout the years. I didn't have a choice when it came to the HIV and AIDS virus, and people do have a choice. So when she was bringing awareness to this disease, she was also sharing how, like she just said, I didn't have a choice in the matter. I was born with it. I have to learn how to cope with it in a healthy manner. But for those of you who catch this because you're careless with by using drugs, by having a reckless sex life and whatever else, you know, that you're doing that could now help you to now gain this disease. She's just trying to warn them. She was trying to warn them to be really careful. And I just think it's really important. Back in 2002, she co-wrote a book with her mother entitled You Get Past the Tears, A Memoir of Love and Survival. So definitely would love to lift her family up in prayer because one of the things that came to mind when I read that she was abandoned at the hospital by her birth mom, who was probably just still strung out, and this couple adopted her, they could have easily, once she was diagnosed at the age of three, they could have easily given her back, you know, or started the process with, with giving her back. But they did it. And not only did they keep her, but they helped to mold her so that she could really feel like her life had a real purpose. You know, they didn't try to handicap her. For her mom to take her along with her and seek engagements and then encourage her to share her story and stick by her up until this past Tuesday, unfortunately, to when she passed, it just really showed a lot, a lot of love, a lot of whatever they were raised with they now wanted to hand down to her. So praying for her parents, that God continues to, you know, hold their hearts together and, Keep them strong during this time, praying for every single person her words impacted, anyone who was saved because she spoke and maybe they stopped doing something reckless or they didn't even start because they heard how of living with this, praying for all of them and praying for anyone else that she's ever worked alongside of because, you know, even from, like I said, remembering back then, her story was really, really motivating. So, and encouraging and inspiring. So it's praying for her family and supporters. <coughs> All righty. Thank you so much. What's her name? Heidi Broadbent. Broadman? Broadbent. I'm sorry. Best. Okay, thank you. Uh, All righty. Let's uh, hold hands and hold hearts as we go before the Lord. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, God of all mankind, we come before you with the word of thanks as we mm-hmm. enter, be, you know, ourselves before your before your throne. Humbly, God, we come before you on behalf of the family, the friends, and the loved ones of Heidi. Lord, we we know that you had a plan for her life. She was abandoned mm-hmm. by her natural mother, God, but you, you never abandoned her, God. Not only did you not 
abandoned her spiritually, but you didn't abandon her even here on earth as you sent a family to be a blessing to her life, God. They did more for her than other families would have done, dear Heavenly Father. Shanti said they could have just said, no, thank you, when they found out this, you know, uh, what she was dealing with health-wise, God. But no, they took her, they nurtured her, they encouraged her, God, and we pray that they showed her who you are. You mm. are the one who brought her through all these years, God, when the doctor said it was limited, you gave her many, many, many more years. And, Lord, as we know that the, the family that raised her, God, may have at times been on edge because once she passed five years old, they may have been always preparing themselves for the shooter drop. Well, Lord, look what you did. And we say thank you for all the years that you gave her, that she was able to speak into other people's mm -hmm. lives. That, like Shanti said, you know, she was motivating other people to do the right thing. So if she stopped one person from being reckless, God, we say thank you. But we know, dear Heavenly mm -hmm. Father, it wasn't just one person. You didn't allow her to live to be 39 for her to just save one life. Because even after these 39 years, now that she's no longer here, there are lives that her story can still change. So we mm -hmm. say thank you for just being the God that <clears throat> is the same God from yesterday, who's the same God today, and who will be the same God forevermore. God bless their lives her family, dear Heavenly Father, who watched her grow, who was proud of her, who loved her, dear Heavenly Father, who needed her. They needed her for their lives as much as she needed them for her life. And we thank mm -hmm. God for what you just did when no one else would even think of. We ask you, God, to bless all of her friends who she encouraged who she may have supported. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that you touch every life that hears this story, even from now. Touch the lives of the doctor, the doctors and the mm -hmm. nurses who have serviced her for many years. For the doctor, if he's still here, that said she wouldn't live past five. But here, yeah. 39 years old, you extended her life. We pray to Heavenly Father that this would take some of these scientists, these people who only believe in the science of medicine, and that they would mm. be forced to acknowledge that you have the final say, that they can't necessarily say what will and will not be, but now they'll look to you for the answers, God. And they'll be able to offer their patients much more than just the medical side. But who you are and who you convert medicine to be, what you convert medicine to be, why you convert medicine, there's nothing, there's nothing that exists here on earth that isn't yours to begin with. So we thank you, mm -hmm. God, for this. Story. We thank you, God, for her life. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for giving us another way to look at something, 
another way and another reason to extend our life, where we were throwing lives away. We were throwing our lives away. But somebody came across our story and woke up. That wasn't them. That was you. That was the power in the blood that Jesus shed for such a time as whenever she spoke, that lives were shifted, not because of her words alone, but because of your power behind her words. We thank you. We thank you for loving us and sending us an example by any means necessary. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Shanti. Amen. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, too, Pastor right. Thank you. Oh, you know, hmm. listen, I, I came across the story uh, yesterday um, about this young lady, and she lived to be 39 years old when the doctor said she would live past five. And, you know, Shanti's brought us the story today. And I was actually going to bring the story next week, Wednesday, um, God spares. But God pushed it forward. You know, if we if we don't hear God all in this story, first of all, can you imagine all of the suppositions that were made when she was diagnosed at the age of three? Well, one of the things we heard was that, you know, she wouldn't live past five. But God had another plan. But God said something else. And I think a lot of times we just forget that. We just forget that we don't have the final say. We we don't know what God did to extend her life. We don't know how God extended her life. When everybody gave 50 million reasons why this woman would not, this little girl, would not become a woman. Oh, because ain't nobody else like this lived. And you know, everybody else in, 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 in my family, they ain't never lived. And, you know, such and such and such and such a thing. And you know, when they got all this whole plethora of uh, uh, I mean, a myriad of things that they can put in place as to why it couldn't and shouldn't. But God had another story. If we don't hear all the things in this one story of Heidi's life, how she encouraged herself at times, Yes, she got the support of her family. The family encouraged her. But can you imagine how many times in her alone time where she had to encourage herself? It was just her and God. She said it got to dark points where it was scary. But God pulled her over that line again and again and again. When he wants the yes, he's going to do what he has to do to say yes. This is not our story. This is not our story. This is God's story. God is just using you to save lives. God is just using you to minister for him. It's not about you. It's about you, but it's not about you. It's about you, but it's about others as well. And, you know, 
how many reasons why God could have let her, you know, just he just could have closed her eyes. When she was in those dark places, he could have just said right along with her, it's time. She suffered enough. She's been through enough. Oh, boy. But that wasn't what he said. And we're grateful to God that those were days that she decided, you know what, I got to do my part. I got to do my part. God has a part to do, and we have a part to do as well. She said, I got to do my part. Now, we don't know if she knows, if she knew the Lord. We don't know this. However, we know who God is, and we know the works of the Lord, and we know how many times we say no, but he said yes. And again, this is one gleaming, I mean glaring time where we can take all of our thoughts off the table. Five, she was supposed to be gone from here according to the doctors, according to medicine from five years old. And God allowed her to live an additional 34 years. How many lives did she touch in 34 years? Stop telling the story. Stop. Stop telling the story. Let God tell your story. And just just, just be the vessel that God has put you here to be. Just be that vessel. And allow God to do his perfect work and have his perfect way and will in your life. When I read the story myself, I was like, look at God. Oh, my goodness gracious. Look at the family. All that she did for that family. All that her life did for that family. Who said, yes, we're going to still, we're going to stay in this fight. We're not going to give up on her. It would be easy for them to just kind of reverse this. We didn't know what we were inheriting when we said yes. Just leave yourself open so that God can move according to the way he wants to move. Stop thinking, stop feeling, stop wondering, stop, you know, doing all the things that we do. And let God have his way. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where is Freestyle Friday?
Until then, I love you.